leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. Today we have Russell E. Banks, who is joining us. He has an amazing Discord channel, not to mention a great um, line of work history. And we're bringing him on to share his viewpoints from a leadership perspective as to what we can do to attract, retain, and grow a talent pipeline for the next generation. We, we know he's already doing some of this, but uh, maybe he'll share some of his uh, sweet tips and tricks with us as we go along. But before we jump in, for fo- those of you following us on LinkedIn, his LinkedIn profile is there. Follow, share with others. For those of you on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and the notification button down below. And for those of you on Twitch and Twitter, uh, send in your questions. So, Russell, give us a little bit of background about yourself and what got you into cyber. Yeah, happy to. And it's so awesome to be here. I've been looking forward to this uh, day for quite a while and been bragging on and hopefully some folks I've talked about earlier uh, already uh, joining us. You know, I got into cyber. You know, I, if we fast, we go back in time, back in 1996, same year I got married, I've been around for a while. I was working in a factory and I decided I don't want to work in a factory for the rest of my life. Nothing wrong with it. I worked hard to get that job, worked really hard, making good money. But I thought, you know what? The next 30 years, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing right now. So literally went to HR early. I worked the night shift, went in early. I said, hey, tell me about this tuition reimbursement. You're telling me if I go to school, you're going to pay for it. Uh, and they said they they would and they did. Uh, and then fast forward through working in a factory, taking classes in the morning, put myself in a position to get my first IT and then uh, ultimately my first cyber job. And uh, I thought I'd be bored after a couple of years. I mean, it's just security. You patch your things, you firewall your things, you log your things and you're done. But thankfully, uh, the career has been very, very good for me for way longer. And I imagine for many, many more years to come. And just uh, when someone says to me, how am I doing? Uh, Chris, my answer is always the same because I go back in my memory banks to 1996 when I wasn't living the dream working hard, steel toe boots, all the protective equipment on to, because of the job I was doing. 
And when someone says, how are you doing? My answer is always the same. People laugh, but I still still say it. It's I'm living the dream because compared to what I was doing when we first got married in 96 uh, to now, I just love the community. I just love uh, the excitement that I have and the things that I've done, things that you've done and all of us in cyber get to do on a daily basis. Wow. What what a trip um, from operational technology into cybersecurity. So uh, tell us a little, little bit of some of the things that you did along the way. I mean, I'm guessing you just didn't get here by magic. I didn't. You know, cyber's hot now. Back in the day, back then, Y2K, everybody was afraid of it. Uh, they literally, I was still working on an associate's degree and I got a great job for where we lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they paid for, continued to pay for my school, for my completing my degrees. Uh, I had an IT job. I thought I wanted to be a programmer. I've got two degrees in computer programming. I hate programming. Uh, but back then you could have programming or system engineering, I think is what it was. And I didn't know what that was. So I did computer programming and I uh, thought I wanted to do that. It let me pivot into or put myself in a position to be able to pivot into being a sysadmin. Me and another, uh, me and my boss, we helped support doctors and nurses across the state of Tennessee, about 600 doctors and nurses uh, using one server. I had one server to be responsible for. Can you believe it? Uh, but I still remember the name. I still remember the ports, protocols and services. I really care for that, uh, that one server. Uh, and then I kind of got bored. And then thanks to HIPAA, when HIPAA came to be back in 96 uh, as well. Uh, the company decided to do, they needed to hire some more people. So they posted a job. Me as a sysadmin knew how to automate things and protect things. And as best as I could take care and make sure that server was up and running for all those doctors and nurses I applied for. And they gave me the job in cyber uh, and um, just, just loved it ever since. It allowed me to be on a big team. I went and was uh, at a wholly owned subsidiary that they did. I actually built their cyber program and, I uh, just kept on being interested, kept on leaning in, taking advantage of opportunities like tuition reimbursement training um, and, and other, uh, just raising my hand and putting myself in a position. Uh, led me to, uh, when we moved here, uh, we live in Atlanta now, moved in 20. Uh, yeah, those are our security books in the back. Uh, lot, <laughs> lots of SANS books too. So uh, I've been privileged to teach with SANS uh, for the last 13 years. I uh, just love that. Get to teach with them next week. I'm really excited about that. Uh, and then uh, put myself in a position to want to be a, uh, a CISO. So I moved to Atlanta, worked for a credit card company, telecom company. And then in 2015, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta said, hey, will you come be our CISO? Uh, worked there for five and a half years, loved every bit of it. I got to lead very large, very important cybersecurity teams there. And then, uh, Chris, you're not going to believe this. Days before uh, the, the world did what it did, I'm looking at my calendar on the wall, 2020 calendar. There it is. Days before that Friday the 13th, I went to my boss, the second in command uh, at the Fed, the Atlanta Fed. I said, hey, I think today's a good day to quit and start my own company. Uh, And so I did. Uh, Security Ever After. I've been uh, happy to not just focus on one company, one very, very important central bank company. But I get to work with and serve a lot of people, a lot of folks uh, in diverse companies and industries that otherwise I wouldn't be able to for, for lots of reasons. And now what I'll focus on is I help cybersecurity professionals get promoted, perhaps promoted into their first CISO job. I've kind of figured out my own way by failing a lot and positioning myself and ultimately being a CISO several times. 
what I want to do is uh, share and help others be able to get there further, faster, uh, at least not make the same mistakes that I made uh, in my journey of being a, a cybersecurity executive. So that's kind of a very quick uh, journey from 1996 to uh, today. Um, it, uh, um, lived every bit of it uh, and honestly would not have changed a thing. It looks like we both have a similar passion there for helping folks get to the next step of their careers. I know um, I've written a couple of books myself, uh, one of them launching recently, but I, I like going to a conference and someone going, hey, that, that book that you wrote, that really helped me. And like, just that alone is worth all the toil and effort of trying to write the book um, in the first place. <laughs> but uh, we, we have a Kelly saying Russell drops diamonds every time he speaks. Uh, uh, so awesome to see him on LinkedIn. Um, so I guess the reason they said so awesome to see him on LinkedIn is because he, he usually hides out on, on Clubhouse and uh, speaks there. So not, now we get a, to put a face to to the to the voice. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, I've loved, I think Clubhouse came at the right time. We were all in lockdown around the world, all at the same time, suffering the same things and being able to go audio. Uh, I've been running a weekly Clubhouse room the last year and a half, uh, asked to see so anything, and then partnering and collaborating with other people in their rooms, especially in cyber and in leadership. I, I can't imagine not knowing uh, all the people that I've met on the last couple of years. Even we've never met in person. I've never met Kelly in person. One day, hopefully we can, but the connections that we can make, the community, I know the word community is overused, but I mean it here, this idea of a community where we can learn from each other. What are you working on? What book did, how can that help me go further faster so that I can avoid mistakes? It reminds me, uh, Chris, of the best advice I've ever been given in my life. This was back when I was working in a factory in 96. It's an informal mentor of mine. She was not into cyber. She was not into tech at all. Probably still not. She said these words that just changed me. And these words are, get wisdom as cheaply as you can. Get wisdom as cheaply as you can. And when I think about that, I can learn from you. I can learn from Kelly. I can learn from everyone else. From uh, And this idea to say, how can I avoid scars on my back or pain or all the bad things by learning from what you've learned and applying what you've applied and not having to figure out all those things on my own uh, community uh, just is, is amazing. Uh, and, I, and I love being connected. I love being a part of the community that we're in right now. I, I totally agree. Um, Chris says awesome sessions on Clubhouse. And I, I would agree with that. Why, why recreate the same mistakes that others have when you can learn from them? I, I was having a conversation with someone earlier and you're like, yeah, we're a fan of of blameless um, after action reports. And I'm like, absolutely, like review those, review the mistakes of others so that you don't create them yourself. You, you just don't have to review your own mistakes. Um, if Russell created, had a mistake and he shared his mistake, why not figure out like, what can we do to avoid that same mistake as well? So um, you said, February 13th, 2020, you decided to quit and go out on your own. What has that adventure been like? Because that alone is quite an adventure. It, it was. And I would be lying if I said everything was easy. It, I know that everyone suffered. Some lost more than others. Everybody lost something, at least to something uh, during that time. Uh, I had I lost uh, about half of the work that I had planned uh, to to be able to just step into and, and ease into. And so I had to just get creative. 
I plan to teach some more. I plan to consult with some friends of mine's company. And, you know, a lot of that work just like others just, just went away. So uh, this idea of asking this question, what does this make possible? See, my thought was teach more, maybe teach once a month, still doing that, consult once a month. Uh, and then and then I'll figure out what to do with the balance of my air quote typical month. But when those constraints came, when those unexpected changes came, it allowed me to accelerate into the area that I did. It just let me get there faster. See, I know I like to help people, coach, mentor people to get their first uh, leadership job, CISO, director, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, and the ability to share wisdom there. Again, I mentioned it before. I help cybersecurity leaders get promoted. That's it. There's a lot of things I could do, but having the clarity of the thing that I love doing. Uh, just an hour before now, I, left, I led a, a conversation in my community around uh, inviting people to talk about, you know, learn what cyber is and find unique ways where they can apply the skills and expertise they have and be a contributor into cyber. The person who asked the question, they said, hey, well, 14 years as a middle school math teacher. Can you imagine, Chris, the stress of doing that for four? Like, I was terrible in middle school. I should have been kicked out in the principal's office. I was an awful student back then. However, this idea of the skills that she has, the ability to command control of a classroom and, and clearly engage topics. I'm like, oh my God, I can think of like 10 things that you could do if you're interested, if you want to leverage your unique skills and apply them in cyber. And it's just an hour ago. I think there's so many and I've seen so many opportunities for people to not have to start at the bottom of the org chart, but to find the unique things that they have, their knowledge, their skills, their abilities, and look for ways to creatively apply them in cyber. What I've learned is you can hire character and you can train skill. If someone needs to learn how to decode a packet, there's a school, there's a class, there's a way for that. If you're a jerk, if you're mean, if you're not respectful to others, you know, it's a non-starter. So yeah. our character, train skills, I see it and I've, I've helped folks do that. It, folks have helped me in that way and it, it served me well. So the answer to your question is it helped me get there faster, faster than I ever planned. And out of necessity, I find myself uh, really loving that aspect. So a quick comment from Kelly. She mentions, friendly reminder, October is both Cybersecurity Awareness Month and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Share knowledge, learn something every day, pay it forward, and be a good human. Absolutely. And kind of to pivot off your last point of finding what you're uniquely good at, that's kind of how um, the whole cyberhuman started. One of the founders himself was transitioning out of the Navy and after doing 20 years of naval service was applying at entry-level roles and applying just through applicant tracking systems and was struggling and he was like I'm just going to go uh, apply at Home Depot and had his application ready and I'm like no call me right now and luckily some others as well um, gave him advice and he was able to to transition into a role that was closer to his level and do some some great research work that took advantage of his leadership skills, his ability to look at operational technology as well as IT technology. So kind of find that niche that no, maybe not as many people could fill, but he uniquely had those skills to fill it. Absolutely. And it's so amazing. The company wins, your friend wins, and cyber, the industry, all, all of it, we all win when we 
get to help people uh, and celebrate people when they achieve results just like that. And so in in your um, Cyber Ever After business, how how do people reach out to you to take advantage of your services? Yeah, so uh, right now running almost everything inside of Discord. I know typically we think of gamers and Discord. There's a pretty healthy security community, not just in mine, but in other companies uh, and other places. Uh, so staying uh, connected, coming hang out there i just led a ask me anything session uh just an hour ago just asking questions like the one i outlined there so i'd love to have uh, we can share the link maybe uh with how to connect in there i'd love to be the first one to welcome you in got over 500 people in there asking questions making things happen and celebrating wins uh, matter of fact today someone put in there that they get to move from a sales position uh, into a cyber leadership position i like did my happy dance i'm like i'm so happy i'm, I'm glad to hear that I, I celebrate the fact that you put yourself in a position uh, to to do what you want to do next and, and that happened again just just this morning and so places like that to learn places like from each other as well as celebrate wins uh, is exactly that. So thanks for putting that. Uh, you share that link in there uh, as well. Discord.gg forward slash cybercoin is the permanent link as well for that, for my community security ever after. Oh, then you can share that permanent link in our comments and I'll share that. But uh, I figured I'd just share it myself. Oh, um, what are some of the, the common struggles that you find that individuals that are looking to get to the next level that you're struggling at uh, and how can we help them? That's a great question. And, you know, the thing that, that again, I've talked about my story from, from a factory to wanting to be a leader and not being able to do that. The things that, that I share, are the, just parts about my story, being brave and transparent and just say, here's the mistakes that I made. Mistake that I made when I applied for my first CISO job, I didn't even get an interview. I was mad. I pouted. I did all those things. But as I look back and I reflect, I'm like, you know what? I didn't deserve that. That wasn't what I needed to have because I wasn't qualified to do that. So I was busy in packets. Uh, thank you, Kelly. You, you beat me to it there. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, uh, so um, I, I was busy doing technical things but I was horrible at translating that into business. See, I wasn't bilingual. I can speak cyber. I can go all geek and tech with the best of them. But when it's time to go to the boardroom, when it's time to go brief executives, uh, it's tough for them to understand cyber. They're busy running companies and making big decisions about how the company runs and operates. We oftentimes, chief, chief uh, person doing that wrong is, is me of cyber, cyber, cyber. Instead of being bilingual, we as cyber professionals have to learn to speak another language. Now, I don't mean French or Dutch or Spanish. What I mean is the language of business. And the key way that I see that we can do that very, very quickly, like within just a matter of an hour, go to your company website. Go ahead. I'll wait <laughs> and look for the mission statement. What's the mission? Why does the company exist? And I bet you you'll find that the, the cyber is not the reason your company exists. A company I like to talk about a lot is the TED company, like the TED Talks that we see. Turns out their mission is to, it's just two words, spread ideas. So if we pretend and magically wake up tomorrow and we're the, all the CISO of TED, the company, and someone stops us in the hall and says, what do you do here, Russell? What do you do here, Chris? What do you do here, Professor Roger? Always great to see you, my friend. Uh, then when we say that, we'll be tempted to say, well, I keep nation states from breaking in. I stop the APT. I keep disgruntled employees and, and competitors from stealing things that are important to tell the company. 
but we'd be mistaken. See, the reason we're there is we're there to spread ideas. That's our job as a cyber team. If we again all became CISO of Ted, the company, we're there to spread ideas. Uh, and so that one is um, uh, the, the idea there is I help spread ideas and the how I do that. Maybe I block packets. Maybe I scan servers. Maybe I look at configurations. Uh, but the reason I'm here at this example by tying to the mission, the why the company is there of spread ideas. More times than not, I see folks fail to connect what they do to the mission or vision or values of the company so that executives, leaders, board members, auditors, regulators, everybody uh, can better understand the reason why we do what we do. By far, that's the number one uh, challenge I see folks making. Wow. I, I absolutely love that. And I definitely always recommend speaking with the business and understanding what they do and why they do it. And the website's one way. I like to do it the human way and to reach out to the different business teams because you'll have a larger organizational mission, but then some smaller teams might have a smaller mission. And if you are in a pod or if you're directly supporting the smaller lines of business, you also want to work with them, figure out what their mission is and how to enable them versus how to security. Because um, if you just do how to security, there's no business, but we need to do how to business so that there can be a security. Yep. And if, if we go to our accountants, we go to your chief financial officer, they're expert in that field. They can talk about balance sheets and they can talk about uh, run rates. They can talk about future plans and make us be, feel stupid and dumb and like we don't know anything at all. But I think they they treat us better than we treat them. We go and talk about cyber and APT and packets and APT 29 and all the things we talk about. And we get all excited about it, but they don't get it. They could do the very same thing to us. I think oftentimes our peers, our colleagues are more respectful of us than we are of them. Uh, again, when we realize that they're not going to go to cyber school, they're not going to go to Professor Roger and learn how to get a security plus or all the things that he gives away and, and you, Chris, give away in the community, they're, they're not going to do that. We have to be the one to bridge that gap, and we can, and we can do it, I'm telling you, before the day's over. You can have language, you can have words, you can start to communicate in ways that your leaders can finally uh, be able to pay attention and understand and just make a better risk-based decision. When we advise and we guide, we do those two things. When we advise and guide, we've done our job. Absolutely. To protect the company. Our job is to advise and guide our leaders so they can make a risk-based decision on how much cyber is enough. Now, I'm not walking away from responsibility. I love our field. I don't want to do anything besides what I'm doing. But when I've got clarity, my job is to advise and guide and let our leaders make that decision. Hey, we've done our job. We can lay our head on a pillow at night and feel comfortable that we've, we gave our all uh, for our respective organization. Comment from the from John saying, great point, Russell. They treat us better than we treat them. Love that. We need to fix that. Absolutely, we, de- we need to fix that. And we all are part of the solution. Um, kind of like Russell was mentioning earlier, we need everyone from different, different perspectives to come in and to share our unique views in solving that problem because we all have a unique perspective. Absolutely. So, Professor Roger, how are you doing today? You're on mute, buddy. 
Hello, guys. How you doing, Russell, my buddy? <laughs> it's a see pleasure you, my to have you in our studios. Did you get the donuts and stuff uh, yeah. in the green room? Yeah. Get a fresh cup of coffee yeah, too. I love it. Y'all just go out. I've been on many uh, conversations like this, but this is I've never been treated as good as what I have on this. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a it's a pleasure for you to be here. So um Russell, you mentioned the first thing is being able to communicate. Um what what do you think the second thing that, that folks might be doing wrong when it comes to trying to advance their career? Yeah, and I'll, bar- I'll borrow this with full credit uh, from my favorite leadership mentor. Some of my books back here from him, John Maxwell. John Maxwell tells a story. He's written over 50 books on leadership. It's hard to not be a leader and not quote or apply his concepts. He said he was confronted uh, once by one of his mentors. They said to him, John, what's your growth plan? And he realized he didn't have one. He thought, well, I really need to get one. My mentors call me out. I don't have one. And so this idea of being very intentional about not resting on your laurels of having a certification or having a degree or working your tenure at a company, those are all great things. But what would it look like if you had intentions? What if you had a to-do list and that to-do list said, here's some things that I'm going to do to invest in myself, to be all I can be, to be maybe 1% better tomorrow as what I was today. It could be a degree. It could be a certification. It could be waking up early in the morning like what I've been doing the last 12 years. I get up at 5 a.m. I don't even need an alarm clock anymore. Get up and I work on something. I try a tool, new distribution, uh, prepare to teach or prepare for a, an interview and conversation like this. Work on something to make myself the best I can possibly be. Realizing you'll never get there. But by having those incremental investments, just like interest, hopefully in your bank accounts, uh, over time, it's going to go up and you'll be better uh, for it. And the beautiful thing is it doesn't have to cost you any money. It can just cost you the time, whether it's 5 a.m. like me or 5 p.m. If it's better for your schedule, find some time every day to invest in yourself and you'll be glad you did. And, and some people think investing in themselves means studying, but it could also mean taking some time to, to meditate, to disconnect yourself from technology and go for a walk. Um, that That's investing in your mental health as well. But um, back to what you were saying with the 1% better, that, that leads to another great book re- reference is Atomic Habits. Yes, uh, it, I've got it right there. <laughs> yep. Yes. Uh, I love John Maxwell and I love Atomic Habits. Um, the other thing that I love is rounding up tips into threes. So what would be your third and final tip for those looking to uh, grow in their career? We have communicate, invest in yourself, and what would be the third one? Yeah, so just as what, uh, it would be this. Find somebody who's the you from two years ago and invest in them. The Russell from two years ago, wicked different. Two years ago, I was senior vice president, CIO of a very important financial institution. I had a lot of help to get there. People invested in me, mentored, coached, sponsored me, or I would have never gotten there. Years before that, what are some ways that I can go and help out? How can I remember what it felt like when I, I mentioned, I disclosed here publicly, I applied for my first CISO job, didn't even get an interview. I felt terrible. I needed help. I didn't have help. I didn't even know the questions to ask. If I put myself in a position of how I felt back then and I look around my team or I look in my Zoom or I look at my Discord and there's someone who's kind of saying words or feeling the same way, I have to. I've got an obligation 
uh, to help them get past. Maybe I can't help them get their first CISO job, but I can help them get past their current challenge. So looking for finding the you from a couple of years ago and investing in the you, whoever the you is, uh, I think it's our duty. I think it's our responsibility. And I think it's a way that we can make sure that folks don't leave our industry. I mean, if you believe the internet, we got a million unfilled cyber jobs, who knows? It might be higher, might be lower. But when people leave our field, Gosh, in two, uh, Professor Roger, you've heard me say this. In Q2 of this year, 11 and a half million Americans just tapped out, left their job. Yeah, just tapped out. When that happens, we all lose. What are there some things we can do to give back to our community, give back to people, whether it's working in Discord servers or in local security meetups or national security meetups where we can find someone uh, and invest in them like we wish someone would have done for us? Paying it, uh, to some, paying it forward to someone else has to be that third uh, tip. Wow. I, I love how you, you summed that up. And yeah. I think it, it highlights one very important thing that people forget. And maybe it's the imposter syndrome. Maybe it, it's um, they're just too busy. But you're one or two steps ahead of so many people. So you have something to contribute. You've learned things along the way that those folks a couple steps behind you um, might not know. So finding a, a, someone to mentee or even several steps back. And then there's that reverse mentee because you're going to have the new folks that are all in the metaverse and uh, all that. And you might not understand it and they can help you understand that perspective. And then you can share another perspective. Absolutely. And that's what I found. And I've been a mentor, I've been mentored and I'm in relationships like that, even to this day. And what I found is it's a symbiotic relationship. There's something that the mentee is an expert at that can help the mentor. And I think when, as, when you're asked, hey, can will you be my mentor, Russell? I think to myself, well, what, what are they really good at? Yeah. Gosh, if I need to learn the business better, if I need to le learn how to understand a balance sheet and income statement and a cash flow statement, I'm going to go to Professor Roger. He's going to tell me that. He knows those things. He's trained in, in that field. Uh, there's places where he can help me in that totally made up example right there. He knows things that I can never know, and he can help me get there faster because of his skills. And I think being able to find something that the mentee is good at and intentionally like seek it out, learn it, ask them questions, both parties win in that mentor-mentee relationship that way. And if, if you can... This is a big if, but um, if you're intentionally uh, investing in, in this mentor, there, there's a step further that you could go. You could you could be a sponsor for them. You could advocate for them. You could help them with their career. And I think this is something that you have to be very intentional about. But when you're ready to commit to that level, to provide them with that extra assistance, because um, your reputation could be on the line. but the outcome and the ripple effects from that. Like uh, I've had CISOs that have come on and their grandfather CISOs because they've brought up a CISO who created another CISO. So uh, th their lineage continues. And so any final words to wrap up? I think when, when you find time and you're intentional about how you spend your time. Again, a good friend, mentor of mine, I said, hey, why are you so successful? He said, well, get up at five in the morning and work on something. So I just decided to do what my friend told me to do. And 12 years later, it's changed everything. 
I wouldn't be CIO. I wouldn't work at the Fed. I wouldn't run my own company. I wouldn't be a sales instructor. Everything I've achieved has been because I've chose to manage my time and get the most out of it. We're not going to get more hours in the day. We all have the same amount of time. But when we decide how best to spend our time, how best to invest our time to become the very best version, whatever our hopes and dreams and ambitions are, you can do it. Uh, I'm proving it. I was in a factory back in 1996. I was told when I could go to the bathroom. I was told when I could take a break. I was told when I could leave. I was told you got to come to work tomorrow and you don't get to ask any questions. To now investing, now being able to do the things that I want to do and I love to do. And again, when you open up the call today, you said, how are you doing? I said, you know what? I'm living the dream because I can remember when I was not living the dream. But due to investments, due to taking advantage of all the resources that were made available to me, uh, able to do what I'm able to do now. And again, it's not a brag. It's just a, you know, 20 some years ago, I was not. And I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I found my place in cyber. I found my place in many cyber communities and I'm, I'm better for it. And if you're not there, I know that you can do it, too, if you just dedicate some time to it. Yes. And Russell is up at 5 a.m. I could contest to that because I ping them at 5.30. So to, to wrap things up, uh, those of you following us on LinkedIn, Russell's profile is there. Follow him, connect with him. We're also sharing his Discord link on the screen. Uh, that's discord.gg forward slash cybercoin. Uh, join him there. Join him on Clubhouse. He's, he's giving back. He's sharing. Um, help him get you to your next role faster. Um, for those of you on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and that notification button. That, that way we pop up the next time. We have some amazing knowledge to share, someone's story to share. And for everyone else, thank you for joining us and share us with your friends and family. Thank you all. Goodbye. Thank you, Russell. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors. We're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.